It's the most. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> on this one, I, and it, I, I don't know why I didn't, I didn't register with me at all until after the game, but the way this thing went down tonight, this game reminds me of when we beat the Cowboys in 1994. It was a Thursday night game. It was a game that we didn't, we weren't expected to win. It was a close game, and it came all the way down to the final play. And it's not—I don't know why, but it's the, the corollary. But wow, what a finish! Browns win. Browns win. They beat the Denver Broncos in a thriller. I mean, a, for me anyway, it was a thriller. Oh man, what a how much to to uh, cover here? But I guess the um, for going uh, anywhere else, how about how about the game tonight by Jabril Peppers, getting the the sack at the end of the game, shooting up the gap on that, and and making the tackle. You know, so many times over these last couple of weeks, and especially tonight, we're uh, seeing the defense missing tackles missing tackles and i expect oh man I, so did you we all expected them to go down the field and kick a field goal and uh, and end our dreams there at the end there but it didn't go down that way as peppers gets through at the end and the good guys come through by a final of 17 to 16 you don't really see a whole lot of scores like that in the league uh, these days and that hasn't been the case with i mean i guess we beat baltimore this year what 9 to 6 but this this one wow this one I did not think we were going to win this game. I, and, I mean, that, this isn't like other games where I didn't. There, there was no point I thought we would. I mean, the way it started, holy smokes. You know, it looked like we were going to run these guys out of the stadium. We stopped them cold, three and out, and then Baker just, you know, shoves it down the field, scores a touchdown quickly. We're thinking, man, this is exactly what we were, you know, this is, this is it. Maybe tonight's the night. And then, you know, reality set in. But you're going to get to all of that. But what a, I mean, just overall, what a huge, huge win, a huge performance by this team to, it, this is this is, I think a, and I'm going to compare this now to another game, and it was in that same year, 1994, which is the last year that we won a playoff game. But there were moments in that season that were that were really important, and one of them was a game we beat the Eagles in, and afterwards uh, it was called a watershed game, and what that meant was it was the. the, the it meant that it was going to be different because the Eagles were heavily favored, and we and we went into their house and just whipped them. And it it meant what it meant was that things were going to be different from here on out. And wow, what a for how it went there at the end with calling the timeout after we have them, we got them, we got them dead to rights, and Greg calls a timeout. And you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of 1995 on a mon- on a Monday night game. This was right before it was. It was. It, this was when the whispers and the murmurs were starting that the move to Baltimore was going to happen. But we're playing against the Bills on a Monday night, and we end up. Um, we have the lead late. Their kicker, great kicker, Steve Christie, lines up to kick a field goal. He misses what was, for him, a chip shot, but we call timeout just before the play happened. So that's what that reminded me of. And we end up losing that game. This this game here tonight, the way that this team has been, and when I say has been, I mean not just in the, these last, not just this year or these last uh, three years prior to this, which is you know g- got to be up there in the running for if not the worst. Well, no doubt about it, it's the absolute worst um, football, professional football by any team in history over the last you know three years prior to this one. But even before then, with the whole twenty years uh, going back to. 
the return, and even before the return, even before you know the move and everything with the you know the, this is the Broncos. We haven't beaten these guys, and, and I've mentioned this before. I have never in my life seen us beat the Denver Broncos. I became a fan in '91. The last time we beat these guys was in '90, and the whole, especially when when that happened after we. And I, I will say this: I, I have to give Greg uh, credit here because. I I think going for it on fourth down I'm 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 with it. You're going for the win there. I think that their move of not going for it when they had the chance, you know, earlier on in the game, I think that that was the mistake. They had a shot there to put the pressure on us. They didn't do it, so then what do we do? We end up running the ball down there and great effort there at the end there by Nick Chubb. I know that he ended up getting stuffed on that uh, fourth down play, but that's, I mean, he got hit, you know, two yards behind the line of scrimmage, uh, by a defensive tackle. It's just that that's, that's poor. I don't, it looked to me and I didn't really watch the replay on it, but it just on the first blush looked like it was some counter action going on with that, which, you know, fourth and one when probably everybody, and a long one, the way that they did, they didn't even move the ball up on that, on that replay, which was, um, yeah, a little disconcerting and, and wrong, but, uh, so it was a longer one than really it should have been, but nevertheless, you expect them to be bunched up there, and so an ISO, something like that, but no, we end up uh, doing something a little bit more slow developing and getting gobbled up. So I don't agree with the play call, but I definitely agree with going with going for it there and trying to get the win, and we had it. You know, we had it, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know why we call the timeout there unless we were actually going to run a play, or unless the play was... But, I mean, well, we were we were always going to go for it on fourth down. That was the point. Okay, I get it, and you you got you got to do it at that time. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't fault Greg. That's just one of those things that, in years past, it just that that's that's our killer. That's the thing that kills us. Or how about you know losing a game potentially by two, where we had a field goal at the end of the first half that Baker threw away. And as we as we move into this, I mean, certainly it's good into like kind of the the, the 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 you know kind of lower tier game analysis. Talk about Baker's performance. Uh, another one of these kind of tale of two halves type situation. But the uh, the most important thing was off a turnover, we uh, we get a touchdown late, and the defense the the defense really is the headline tonight. You know, holding the Broncos to uh, sixteen points, holding any NFL team to sixteen points, unless it's a team that's just totally you know bereft of talent, not a backup quarterback or something like that. But no, this is it. And Case Keenum's a good quarterback. I think you know, hot take alert. I think if uh, Case Keenum was playing in Minnesota, they'd have a better record and be challenging for that division right now. But you know, whatever. That's not that's neither here nor there, and I don't care. But except to say that he's a good, he, I think he's a good quarterback, and and that the defense after kind of giving up that touchdown earlier in the game, after you know after we jumped all over him and we had a shot, and then Baker just kind of had um, you know just he just sailed one and he just kind of had a bad it was just off. Uh, so we'll get into that more, but. The uh, after that though, after giving up the touchdown, after initially kind of blowing the opportunity to blow it wide open early, uh, <coughs> pardon me. The defense really settled in and was. While I'm thinking about this, and I realize the deviation, how about Demarius Randall imploring the crowd to <laughs> to cheer when offense was on the field late in the game? Love that. Anyway. Uh, after that happened, the defense um, really did settle in for the rest of 
um, really the entire rest of the game. They gave up a field goal on a short field after uh, we lost the ball after Baker had the uh, fumble. <clears throat> and then in that spot there late in the game, I mean, for them to be able to hold up there and to be able to, you know, get the get the pressure that causes the incomplete that, that creates a fourth and ten, and then to mix up the blitz again, you know, send another one to uh, to get to to, to uh, finish it out. And by defense, I mean I got to give credit to both Greg and Blake Williams for the way that they called the defensive game tonight. It, it, this is this has been the thing that I've been the most critical about. And in a game where Baker did not play his best, that that is that's kind of the 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 real headline. Baker didn't play his best. The defense really kind of bailed him out, and other players bailed him out as well. And he, I mean, uh, <coughs> pardon me, uh, swallowed some water that raw, they're wrong or something. But uh, it's it wasn't that he played poorly; it's just that he wasn't playing at his top level. And th- but the rest of the team kind of picked him up, and we end up coming out of this game a game that you know you know as well as I do. Ninety nine times out of ninety nine over the last you know several years, this is a game. There's no way we come out with. And for all of that to go down the way that it did, this, it's, it's a different team. You know, for us to not lose that game after not, you know, cashing in on the, uh, the offsides late, for us to be able to actually make it hold up, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a turning of the page. I, I, am, I am so proud of this team, the way that they performed tonight. I'm so proud of the defense, and I'm, i got to give a, a hearty attaboy to Greg Williams. I think it, you, you could make the case that Greg Williams' defense played better than – Greg and Blake Williams' defense played better than Freddie Kitchen's offense tonight. But the team overall overcame um, and made plays when they needed to make plays and come out with a big win and i look at i'm not i'm not changing my tune here i don't believe that we're that we really have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs even after winning this game that i did not and i mean i legitimately did not think we were going to win this game i'm overjoyed that i was wrong about that but i still don't think that there's there's a shot that we have to uh, to make the playoffs but just still you know my wife was pointing out there at the end you know at the end of the game where they showed the playoff picture and are you know we're there you know we're in the hunt we're still there and now we're at 6 Seven and one, y'all. That sounds. That sounds. That sounds really nice. Six, seven, and one. You know, five, seven, and one just didn't move me. But six, seven, and one. You know, Baker. It's it's Mayfield's sixth win of the year. I don't care what anybody says. He won that game against the Jets. But that that's neither. Get to all of it as we go along. But. Greg Williams definitely has to get the game ball for the way that his defense stepped up, the way that his team stepped up. And I also got to say, you know, while pretty much every week I would have something to complain about Hugh Jackson and game management, even with the timeout there at the end, that wasn't incorrect game management. I got to say, Greg Williams manages a pretty doggone tight football game. We've seen it now for almost half a year. With him, kind of, I'm I'm really hard pressed. You know, I complained about the, uh, you know, the, the challenge last week against the Panthers, but, uh, you know, in retrospect, yeah, I mean, we, we got it, it was right in front of him, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not really that bad, and, but, I mean, just looking at it on balance, he's done a pretty good job of managing the game in kind of the, you know, in the situational moments where you have to, and, and that's, honestly, that's something that most NFL coaches, even the good ones, just aren't that good at, and I've seen, and it's really what I'm talking about is the kind of the managing of the timeouts, and um, and the you know, kind of the way that you know again the the going for it there at the end on fourth and one uh, that's 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 
That's ballsy. That's what you want. You want a guy, you want a coach that goes for the win. You want a guy that goes for the win like the Chargers did the other night. Chargers go into Kansas City, come out with a win, have a shot now to be the number one seed in the playoffs, although it's fat chance unless KC takes a, um, you know, unless Seattle's able to do so. They're still a good team. But unless they're able to shut down uh, the chefs, then um, that it's probably not going to work out. But still, they go in there, they get the win because they were bold. you got to be bold. It's one of the things I love about Baker is that he has been bold. And, and he wasn't... Um, you know he wasn't unbold tonight, and I guess um, that's that's probably a good place to uh, to uh, deviate because I'm still kind of riding a little bit of a high here on this. Uh, by the way, my name is Easy Weave. This is Easy Does It on Dogs by Nature, basking in the glow of our sixth victory of the 2018 campaign. Huge win, huge win. I've already compared it to some of the biggest wins of my childhood. The 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 game against the uh, the Cowboys and the game against the uh, the Eagles in. 1994, <clears throat> two huge wins, and this one just because of the significance of who we were playing, the fact that we you know it's been 30 years since we've beaten these guys almost, uh, and I think there was another metric where we hadn't beaten them in like 40 years, and in, in another way, if they had like a winning record or something like that, I don't know what it was. But the point is, they uh, they have our number. We're now six and 23 against them, so we're going to have to probably play them every year for Baker's career in order for him to get to even. Uh, with these guys, which I look, I'm down with that. I'm good with beating the donkeys, you know, every year for the next, uh, you know, for the next for the next thirty. Uh, I, I hope Baker plays for us that long. <clears throat> and I'm going to talk about his performance overall uh, at when uh, when I return. It's uh, take a, take a short time out here as I just kind of regroup a little bit. I'm I'm definitely excited. I'm riding a high. Browns win. Browns win. 17-16 over the Denver Broncos. Be right back. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Yeah, but seriously, it was Jabril Peppers' best game. It was the best game in the career of Jabril Peppers, a guy that I've been really critical of. In, his, in fact, he, I thought he was going to be an exception to the easy three-year rule, but you know, in, in the in the negative way, um, 
certainly I've revised my thinking on that uh, as the course of this season has played along, but I haven't been as high on him prior to this game as others have been as far as his improvement. But not just the sack, you know, or I should say, way more impressively than the sack earlier on was the play where he actually made a uh, you know a turnover a a safety play playing center field running all the way you know using his talent and his speed and his ability to run all the way to the other side of the field and took away and you know a uh, scoring opportunity by the Broncos by intercepting the ball in the end zone just great job tonight 22 and also you know didn't have a Giant impact on the uh, the return game, but did have you know n- no muffs or no fumbles. So hey, uh, yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned, if we if we just field those things you know correctly and don't turn them over or get penalties, then I'm I'm good. But at a, a good job, Jabril Peppers, great job by him. <clears throat> the number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, this year was really the subject of the media attention coming into this game, and really has been the subject of a lot of media attention. Uh, if you if you've been looking for it, I certainly have been to some extent. Um, just kind of seeing the way that people have been reacting to his performance uh, over the last month or so, and <clears throat> I got to say, the, the the first half tonight, he played a bad half. I mean, he was off. It, it wasn't. <clears throat> It wasn't like Johnny Manziel versus the Bengals bad, but it was it was bad. I mean, he was he was just off, and I don't mean off like he was getting confused or like the. It looked to me like the Broncos, for the most part, weren't really confusing him. It didn't really look to me like he was making the wrong decisions. In fact, it looked to me like he was making all of the right decisions. Well, mostly. Yeah, it, it, the uh, interception at the end uh, pr- probably wasn't the right move unless he puts it, you know, right in a uh, short window. But it's just not. You would need a, a, a circus cat, or you would you would need a, you would need a highlight reel throw, and of course he way overshot it. Um, so, but to me, I think that that could also just come back down to um, poor accuracy, which is just you just don't see that with with Baker. The guy is is pretty much always on target. So, and even beyond that, like beyond the inaccuracy, is I would see him. It just looked to me like he was just uncomfortable. Um, and, and making throws from weird position. It's just not, not the way that you, you, cause he's a very compact, um, deliverer of the football. You know, his, all of his whole motion is just very, it's gorgeous. I mean, it really is. And it was just off. I mean, he was making these throws and it was like, it was it, like, it looked on one of the throws, like he was trying to take it back as he was throwing it. I don't know. Um, just off, just just off in, and, and the offense was off. You know, you have that kind of Statue of Liberty thing that they tried with Chubb, and it ends up kind of uh, hitting him on the on the hip. Uh, and then you have the fumble by Baker later on. So played a a poor first half. Comes back out in the second half and puts together a nice drive to start the second half, but then has the fumble. The fumble leads to a field goal. We lose. <clears throat> I think it was a tie at that point. So they take the lead, but then came back again, you know, uh, got himself settled in, and after we got the interception by Carey to give us good field position in the fourth quarter, then he steady stays in there, made the throws, and gets a touchdown. So, and by the way, that touchdown, um, everything about that touchdown pass late in the game to Callaway, the the go-ahead score, Everything about that play was Baker pre-snap. If you look at, if you go back and watch that sequence, 
and this is all from memory because obviously they didn't show all this uh, two times through, but you know, they were doing kind of a little bit of hurry-up action on that drive. And the line and the receivers and everybody line up like they're going to do that for the, the goal-to-go play that, that I'm talking about here, the touchdown play. And Baker calls everybody back into a huddle. He calls everybody in, and it's a quick huddle too, but he calls everybody into a huddle. And then he gets everybody lined up, and then you start seeing him realigning everybody. You see him moving Duke around. You see him moving the tight end around. You see him doing everything. To, I mean, basically, you you see him in this process. He's changed the play, and he's changed the offensive sets and the formation, and he then snaps the ball and delivers a strike over the middle, uh, <clears throat> zips it over to Callaway for the go-ahead touchdown, and Poor game in the first half. Talked about this on uh, Thursday. I talk about this, you know, constantly when with young players, but young quarterbacks especially. Bad first half, but it's a tie game. So shake it off. Go back out there and make plays. And against a good defense, a veteran defense, who you know, it's really unfortunate that we weren't able to take advantage of the the just collapsed nature of their defensive back, their secondary depth. I mean, they were down and down hard, particularly after Jamar Taylor, our old buddy, got ejected for punching Brashard Perryman. But, uh, you know, that, that didn't materialize. But on that play, except for maybe on this touchdown, because Baker saw – he saw uh, everything there. He called the play. He got everybody lined up. He changed it. And then he made the throw and, you know, touchdown Browns. So just tremendous uh, overall uh, effort there. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not – Happy that he had the bad first half, but we got to remember that he's a rookie. This is his first primetime game as the starter. You know, it's like when he comes in against the Jets, there's not really any time to think. It's just react. It's like, here's your opportunity. Go out there and uh, and, and just ball. And he was also first time with his first team offense. He was kind of doing a lot of sandlot stuff anyway, considering just where he was at the at the process. Now it's a whole different thing. Now the pressure's on him as the number one pick, as a guy that's gotten media attention. And he's called media attention to himself. You know, there, it's there's no. It's not like there aren't consequences to the whole. You know, I woke up feeling dangerous shtick. <laughs> you know, it's like you remember when uh, when Manziel would do the stupid money sign thing, and when they when we played the Bengals and they just beat the hell out of us. They kept doing the money sign thing to taunt us. Well, you know, that's the sort of thing that you, it can come back on you if you if you don't perform. And while Baker did not have a strong first half, he came back and didn't have you know he didn't have a barn burner second half. It's not like he did against Houston. But he got his he got himself, you know, composed, he got it, his stuff together, and he came back out and he threw a a much better second half, a much better ball game, and it was enough. It was enough for us to uh, get it done. I, I would have, you know, probably liked to have seen maybe more of a uh, attempt to expose the secondary there on that final drive that we had. But what are you gonna do when Nick Chubb is, you know, running the ball like he was doing on that drive? You know, bust the big one there, and when you get compacted in, then I don't know that the the advantage of the uh, the, the cornerbacks and the safety uh, disparity is is all that pronounced. Particularly when we don't we don't exactly have uh, the most polished wide receiving core you know in the history of the world either. So. I, all that to say, I, I think I would have liked to have seen Baker with more of an opportunity to do that. But you know, that play at the end was so huge—the third down, and I think it was third and like five, late in the game there, 
maybe it was third and three, and I'm just thinking, you know, we got we just because and my it's funny because this whole time there was a lot of really sophisticated, complicated like time management, clock management scenarios for both teams in the final like four or five minutes of this one. And at that point, my wife is looking at me like, "Well, what?" And I'm like, "I, I there's, I just, I don't really know except for we got to get the first down here. Like, we got to get the first down, and we've got to keep the the, the clock running. But they're probably going to be expecting a run, so we probably got to throw the ball. So we got to do something that's a little bit high percentage. So that's pr- basically what they did. They they uh, rolled it out to Ninjoku. I thought maybe a wheel route to Duke or something like that, but instead they go to uh, to a Chief. And I got to tell you, Ninjoku's effort there kind of yeah got jobbed a little bit on the spot of the ball but the effort there was was top notch and, and I think another good game by David Njoku there I don't recall any passes uh bouncing off his hands I think he caught all of them that were thrown to him and you know some some solid effort plays there and it's good to see his development now you look at kind of last year the, uh, the the top three picks Miles Garrett who did not have the sort of impact on this game that he's had in other games going up against a uh, a quality left tackle but you know did make his presence felt at times almost almost got the sack that would have uh, ended the uh, the Broncos touchdown drive against us but you know close only counts and whatever whatever and it didn't uh, materialize there but the, the 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 triumvirate of Garrett Peppers and Njoku is looking a lot better now <laughs> you know at the end of uh, of year 2 and if Njoku makes a commensurate jump from year 2 to year 3 and Peppers does the same thing that's a pretty spectacular looking uh, first round for us from the uh, t- the 2017 draft but let's not you know get ahead of ourselves Peppers had a good game today uh, you know best game of his career got to hand it to him um still needs to improve but i think he he must have had to have proved have improved for this defense to be improved the way that it is and really the defense has been improved um uh, quite substantially post hue but i would even say over the last couple of games really i thought was a strong effort last week in the second half against carolina and for the most part a pretty strong effort in this one the one touchdown drive that we give up was pretty much contested all the way through and miles almost got keenum to uh, end it at the end there so okay you know you're playing in the nfl chances are you're going to give up a touchdown in every game but we didn't give up another touchdown for the rest of the game and that's and at the end there for our guys to be able to hang in there for us to be able to i didn't like you know Breon body calhoun who probably missed a good six or you know well i'm being probably uh, hard on him but at least two or three tackles missed he finally makes one late in the game and then he kind of sits there like he's uh celebrating what happened like dude two minute situation they're gonna be lining up get set get in in your position but but you know we we did what we had to do and uh got the job done there and there's uh, you can nitpick everything but to go back to uh, Mayfield, he struggled in the first half, but he dusted himself off, came back, and played a better second half. I don't think the second half that he played is as good as he has shown he can be. And But this is one of those games, I think, especially when, again, we forget that he's a rookie. And as a rookie, tough first half, comes out, plays better in the second half. At the end of the day, he ends up beating a pretty good Denver defense. Realize that the defense with the secondary depleted, no doubt. But they're able to get some pressure, and they were able to, you know, they, they were definitely able to squeeze, you know, this kind of elite pass protection we've gotten over the last month or so. Hasn't really, oh, it, was, it was definitely challenged and probably led to a lot of the problems that, that Baker was having. But the point is, is he made adjustments. He came out, he looked better, he played better, he was more accurate. 
and there was a couple of throws in that second half where I'm like, okay, that's what I expect. That's you know, in other words, the the the. I don't know if I, if this is the right way to describe it, but like the confidence of motion, right? It's like you drop back, you know, makes his progression, boom, boom, the ball's out. And the ball's out with authority and with the right motion and everything. And, you know, not to say that he can't make, you know, bizarre angled things like Patrick Mahomes does, but it's just that's not, you know, when, when, when it's working right with him, those deadly accurate passes, it's with all of the motion and everything with that compact, tight delivery, quick, you know, lightning fast delivery that he has. Uh, that you know that's and there was a couple of times in the second half and that touchdown pass certainly was that but there was a couple of times in the second half where where he was hitting on those I'm like okay we're starting to you know we're starting to get this moving here and uh, you know if, if they played another quarter then he probably does eat up their secondary but all that to say a a tough first half a bad you know game up to that point by the young man and yet he comes out and this is you know he's done this multiple times you know he had kind of a poor first half against Tampa Bay comes back out plays well against them in the second half same thing against uh, of course the uh, the Texans and you know we end up winning the game so I can't uh get too down on him. I mean, yeah, there's definitely, I don't know what the what the stats ended up being. I don't really care. Uh, but the, I'm sure the completion percentage isn't what it's been. You know, he's been hitting like <laughs> fairly significantly north of 70% for the last, you know, however long it's been since Hugh took over or to, since Hugh was canned. So the, I, I'm sure it was below that. But this is a game tough against a, you know, I, I thought coming into this, this was a pretty evenly matched team. You know, with where they were, where we are, and and it, I think it looked like that for most of this game. This two, and obviously the final score, um, we didn't we didn't beat them up. They didn't beat us up. It was a tough game all the way through, and we end up you know winning a tough one. By the way, this is a team that beat the Chargers, and and we beat them. Of course, you saw what the Chargers did to us, and just did to uh, Kansas City. So, uh, I, I think that the team itself has taken some growth, but. The um, to, but to see you know kind of Baker hang in there, make those throws at the end, and this team be able to, especially after giving up such a disappointing you know play of not getting the uh, the delay of game or I'm not I'm, I'm sorry not the delay of game the encroachment penalty which would have given us a first down and the win. You know, it's st- it, it it didn't matter because the defense um, came through, and that's the most unBrownsy thing that could have possibly happened, and that's the thing that usually doesn't happen is usually, you know, these these are the ones that we don't come out with. And uh, so, but I mean, in order for us to be in a position to be able to do that, Baker's got to be able to make good on, and how many times in the first part of this year, remember we had the game against Pittsburgh, we had like six turnovers and got exactly like one score off of it, and it was the one that they, that the defense like basically put the one yard line. Um you know, that was – and the first several games that were like that, we'd get turnovers, we wouldn't be able to do anything with them. Today we got a turnover – tonight we got a turnover in the fourth quarter, and it was in a huge moment in a tight spot in the game, and Baker takes him down and uh, puts it in the end zone. Another circumstance, although I think that the end we were in the red zone at the end of the game for that fourth down play. So it probably ended that streak, but it was like, what, 12 straight trips into the red zone with us scoring touchdowns? That's absurd. <laughs> And that's the sort of efficiency that makes Baker a special quarterback as a rookie. But I'm I'm proud of the kid. I mean, it wasn't his best game, but that's the best part about this. He didn't play his best game. Defense didn't play their best game. Greg probably didn't coach his best game. And a lot of other – and Miles didn't play his best game. And we won. And we won against a team that was in their place – 
a team we haven't beaten in almost 30 years in their place that was legitimately looking at a, a play and has certainly has had a lot more um, realistic shot of making it than we do at this point. Although, at this point, you know, there's a shot, I guess. Maybe, maybe, I, I, know, I, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. I'll do this, though. I'll go ahead and take a break, and when I come back, we'll discuss possible playoffs. It's not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. But let's just say, hypothetically, that all these things that I say when I come back do you know do happen, and they won't happen. <laughs> then maybe we got a shot. My name's Easy Weave. This is Easy Does It. On Dogs by Nature, celebrating the Browns' sixth win of the year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, people say, you know, you should get used to this sort of thing and don't treat every game like it's winning the Super Bowl. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, this one feels like like it, like it was a playoff game, and, and we won it. And we'll talk about the actual playoffs um, in a moment. You know, something happened, uh, and, they, and they talked, I was actually glad that they mentioned it during the broadcast, because I thought this was a really cool thing, I found out about it last night, that Greg evidently um, recruited Kobe Bryant, the legendary L.A. Lakers star to uh, and champion, to come talk to the team about what's called the uh, the Mamba Mindset Mentality or whatever it's called, but um, I don't know what that is, but if what it means is the players all acting and playing like Kobe Bryant did with the attitude and the swagger and the skill that he brought to it, then uh, I'm all for it. I mean, Kobe Bryant, whatever you want to say about him, about whatever you want to say about him, and I'll leave it at that. Um, uh, I... D- not an endorsement or con- condemnation of anything he's ever done in his life, but I'm just saying, as a guy that can inspire people to be great and to have that sort of mindset, that's definitely the sort of guy I want our guys listening to. Um, but there is definitely a lot of moments in, in this game where um, you know there there where the the you you thought that the same old Browns thing would stick and would hold, but then there were other moments. For example. Antonio Callaway makes the catch, great catch. It's a first down, and then he gets up and he starts jawboning. I think it's with Jamar Taylor, and that's when he does the. He gets uh, called for the uh, the uh, the taunting because he does the he motions. He does the first down thing, and people were you know complaining about that. I got to tell you, I don't really got a big problem with that. I don't really have I don't really have a huge problem with in the first place it was all it was going to be a first and 10 no matter what. Yeah, we end up uh, losing 15 yards and ultimately we ended up fumbling away the drive, but I kind of liked the attitude of Callaway staring him in the eye and and I, I just I kind of I I I think that 
one of the biggest problems we've had with this team for a long, since way before Greg, since way before Hugh, since way before even, you know, Mike Pettin was, you know, going back a long ways is just kind of our guys just kind of getting pushed around. You know, it goes back to, um, you know, the, what, what the Steelers and the Ravens have done to, you know, injure our players over the years with no recompense. Like when uh, Antonio Brown, you know, kicks our punter in the face and nothing happens, you know, that sort of thing. Um, that happens for a variety of reasons, the number one of which, or I should say the, the synthesization of the concept leads to that it's just a culture of us being losers. Lovable or otherwise, we're just, we've just been losers. So... Therefore, we don't, you know, we don't command a lot of respect. We don't deserve any respect. Uh, um, so if, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be not just earned. It's going to have to be basically enforced. And so I see a guy like Callaway, you know, staring the guy down, basically saying, you can't beat me. I, you know, I'd rather he we not get flagged for it. But I just, I, I guess I'm not, I don't really have that big of a problem at this stage of the operation for us getting flagged for stuff like that when we're kind of asserting ourselves. And we are still in this. I mean, this, that's what this really this year has all been about. And to me, this year has been a wild success. I don't care what else happens. We got rid of Hugh before um, he was able to totally wreck Baker. Uh, six wins. I mean, <laughs> six wins. Haven't had six wins since 2014. And I think that coming into the year, you tell people that uh, we were going to have we were going to have six wins on the year. People would have been like, "Sign me up for that! I will take it." And we got two games left against teams we've already beaten. How about that? How about that? And and honestly, I don't know how it it can't be the case. We should absolutely be favored to beat the Bengals coming up uh, next week. A game that I was uh, actually thinking about maybe making the pilgrimage up to uh, NEO to watch and maybe visit family and so on. But alas, not going to be able to do that because uh, some stuff came up that I'm just going to have to be around the home base for. But I will definitely, because, you know, because Baker didn't really call people out, but he mentioned that, hey, you know, we would really like it if the fans came out. Apparently this was controversial to people, and I guess the way that he worded it, it could come across like he was, but it did, it, it, it compelled me to, and honestly, my wife and I were working out the logistics, we were going to do it, we were going to drive the easy hoopty up to, uh, up, you know, up, up to the frigid tundra of, of Cleveland, to try to, and I would try to get tickets in the dog pound where I used to be back in the, I don't have no idea if it, what it's like these days, but that's where I was, I was, I was going to do it, I was going to answer the bell. Because, you know, when my quarterback says that, you know, if, if there's something I can do, well, maybe there was something I can do. And going up to spending Christmas in Cleveland and watch Baker, you know, beat the hell out of Jeff Driscoll, that definitely would have been worth it to me. But uh, but not going to happen. So I hope if you are listening to this, uh, I can't go. So if you are in range, if you are like within, you know, shot of being able to make it to... Uh, and I'm going to retire, by the way, Factory of Sadness at First Energy Field. We're just going to call it First Energy now. Maybe we'll just call it uh, First Baker. Just call it. Just call it. We'll just call it Baker Field. <laughs> In fact, that's it. From now on, uh, it's our home uh, field is just going to be called Baker Field. So, uh, from uh, you know, if if uh, if you live anywhere near Baker Field, then you uh, you should you should make the trip up there because I can't. So please try to go in my stead and be as loud and obnoxious as you can and make the Bengals feel it. Make it feel like it's the '80s. You know, I remember when I was. Um, and yeah, I'm going to get to the whole playoff scenario. I didn't forget my train of thought. I know. I hear you people out there. 
we talk about the playoffs and we're talking about the stupid playoffs in the 80s the Bengals look I thought it was funny that when I was in the dog pound in the uh the, the 90s it was a and look I was a I was like 13 14 year old kid and I go in there and it's just this, this this den of vicious and brutal hostility towards every I I I, I, it really is a, a culture, and, and I ate it up. I absolutely adored it. I loved it, and I couldn't get you know enough of the entire thing. And I remember that there was a guy that was he was like lamenting the fact. He was, he was like, "Yeah, <laughs> you think it's tough now? I mean, in the eighties, we used to do is we used to take batteries, we'd pack them into snowballs, and we'd throw them at the Bengal players. <laughs> like that is so awesome, but." I don't think you can get away with doing that anymore. Uh, probably would catch a, you know, <laughs> probably would catch a charge over something like that. Um, not that I haven't uh, been a, a you know, not, not that I haven't participated in throwing things on the field before, but nevertheless, that's not uh, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm saying if you can make it up to Bakerfield and um, you know support the team, then uh, then it's. <clears throat> Then I think that uh, it's it's worth it to do that to uh, you know let's let's end the I think that right now we've got like four what are we, I think we're four and three on the year at home isn't that right we've we lost what no we're four two and one that's right we tied the, the Stillers we lost to the Chargers we lost to um, who else did we lose to at home who am I forgetting here we beat the Jets right we beat. Uh, who am I missing? Oh, the Chiefs. That's right. The Chefs came in and beat us. So we're looking at a record of possibly going 5-2-1 and one at home if we beat the Bengals. How about this? How about going possibly 4-1-1 one and one in the division if we're able to win these next two weeks? Now, I'm not going to, you know, can't put the cart before the horse here. But uh, winning, having a winning record in the division, we're, we're favored to do that now. Basically, if we beat that, we we would clinch having a winning record in the division. That's so big. When was the last time we could say that? I don't think it's been since since the return. We've had a winning record against the division. I don't think so. I know that we beat uh, the Ravens twice. I know that we've actually done that. I know we've we've swept the Ravens twice in this time. I want to say oh one and oh uh, seven were the two times, but in oh seven. Uh, we, but, in, but in both of those years and in 2 we lost to the Steelers all those times. Now, this year, we tied the Yinzers on the uh, the first game of the year, so and our, our lone loss in the division comes against them. But you know, it, it, that's what I'm saying. I mean, huge success. Huge success to have not just a winning record, but a, a you know, a... A, a, a substantial winning record. 5-2-1, and one. That's, that's a proud home record to have. If if we're obviously we have to uh, we have to, we got to get it done here against the Bengals, but if we're able to do that, you know that's that's a feather in our cap. And I, as I say, that's why this no matter what happens. And yes, we're going to talk about what uh, what what can happen, what should happen, what may happen, what's possible to happen. But I don't care. It doesn't matter to me about the uh, about anything else that happens this year because we we have seen without a doubt that we have our quarterback of the future. There's no there's no you know. There's no like, oh, well, the jury's still out. Are we got to say no? Th- he's the guy. He's going to be the guy. He may possibly regress. He may possibly not be as good or or have periods where he's not as consistent. But he's going to be the guy. And we've determined that this year, throughout the course of almost an entire year, he's going to end up starting 13 games, and uh, you know, uh, playing you know substantially in 14 of them, and. 
then next year, now you've got a whole different set of expectations, but to uh, have your first overall pick in the draft, your rookie hotshot quarterback come in and have you know that sort of year where that he's had, where he's looked proficient, he's looked very efficient. I think that um, if he ends up finishing off the year, giving the Browns a winning record. And again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself on all of this because, I mean, look, the Bengals may have uh, Sonny Jurgensen Jr. at quarterback for them next week. And perhaps, since they still have Hugh, maybe you could say that they'll be an easy out. I won't even try to talk you out of that one. But we're fooling ourselves if we think that the Ravens are going to be a pushover when we play them in two weeks. So, And it's not even worth getting into it. There's only one thing that matters, and that's the Bengals next week. But it is kind of nice. We can kind of look at, um, you know, what you know what all is out there and possible. And look, I, I'm, I'm not going to be – I've been Mr. Uh, – <laughs> You know, I, 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 not even pessimistic. It's not even about. It's not even about you know being anti-jinx. I just have been legitimately thought um, all year long that you know this is a team that for a variety of reasons, most of it having to do with coaching. But that's I got to tell you, that's that's that is is uh, making a, a, a difference, making a comeback possibly in my mind as well. That this just wasn't going to be our year to uh, you know to make that sort of significant run. But look. Even though that's the case, I know that if you're out there, you saw us on the screen, you saw that we're still in the hunt, and for maybe only one more day, because <laughs> it could all come to an end tomorrow. It could, I mean, it could all come to an end tomorrow, uh, and we could be totally eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, so I guess now, um, I guess since we're still alive tonight, well, why not? Why not just take a look at what's possible out there? And so, as things stand uh, right now, if we look at where the AFC picture is, we got a couple of ways we can go now. We are six, seven, and one. The two teams that are ahead of us are the seven and six Ravens, who again we've already beaten once, and the seven, five, and one Steelers. Since the Steelers beat us, there's no way we can win any kind of tiebreaker with them. However, if we were to um, finish with uh, basically the the probably what would be the most likely possible scenario which is to say it's not really all that likely and I don't think that it's really all that possible but it could happen is that we win our final two games against Cincinnati and Baltimore respectively the Steelers have games coming up against tomorrow they play the Patriots next week they play the Saints and the week after that they play those same Cincinnati Bengals And so if they were to lose all three of those games and we were to win the next two games, well, then guess what? We're the division champs. And we would thus, uh, as the fourth seed, because uh, there's no way that we could um, catch... I mean, Houston's already at 10 wins, and they they beat us anyway. So uh, we would be the fourth seed, meaning we would play the sixth seed, which probably would end up being the Colts, I would imagine, but that's that's getting down the beaten track. Um, that's probably the most likely possible scenario, and again, I don't really consider it to be all of that likely or possible, but it could happen that way. Uh, the idea that we would go out and beat the Bengals, but then they would somehow be able to beat the Steelers in the final week of the regular season... It just uh, it just seems like it's too tall of an order. I mean, just Pittsburgh is just too. 
Uh, I mean, I could definitely see the Steelers losing the next two games. I mean, going against the Patriots and going against the Saints. I mean, the, the Patriots, you know, have made, you know, it's like their, dro- their jobs to beat the Steelers. I don't really understand why people hate the Patriots as much as they do from a Brown standpoint. They are always beating up on Pittsburgh. I would think that we would appreciate that um, out of them, but no, there's a lot of people that just hate, you know, the Patriots. And what, I'm not trying to talk people out of it, but uh, it's just um, it's it's just always been an, an interesting thing to me. Uh, if you're curious, that final game of the year is in Pittsburgh, the game against the Bengals. So you know. It doesn't look all that promising. I don't think that uh, Lenny Dawson Jr. is going to go in there with uh, Hugh Jackson and pull off the win at Three Rivers. But uh, And I don't realize that's not what it's called. But I don't care. It's, it doesn't even matter to me. I'm in a good mood. And uh, I'll misidentify stadiums however I want to. Tomorrow... The uh, so, but again, it's not even worth getting into that because we're not there. We can't control any of that, and so trying to just kind of you know pour cold water on it before we've even gotten to that point is is uh, it's it's just as silly as it is for me to continue to say, well, look, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. We just got a big win. So with this big win, let's take a look at what is you know in the, in the works for a potential wild card in the highly likely scenario that either I mean look there's no obviously there's no um scenario that we're able to do it unless we win the final two games winning the final two games would necessarily mean adding a seventh loss of the season to the Baltimore Ravens the Ravens have I believe they also have the Saints uh coming up uh, over one of their next couple of games uh, I'm not actually not exactly sure about their schedule, but they tomorrow they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. And I, look, at the, the the Bucks are my hometown team here. You know, I live in the Bay Area, and I I I am you know I I don't I'm I'm not. Uh, ambivalent towards them. They are my other team. They're my NFC team, if you will. But I don't have anywhere near the sort of um, commitment to them or, or you know, traction or what have you. I also have zero confidence in their ability to be able to, to pull this off. This one, to me, is like Baltimore's probably going to win it by like 30 or 40 points. Uh, I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to see Jameis just go out there and ball out. I mean, how great would it be for me personally? Because there's no team I hate more than the Baltimore Ravens. There is no team that I hate more than the Baltimore Ava- than the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, it's worth saying for a third time, there's no team I hate more than the Baltimore Ravens. Um, if, if there was somehow, well, I won't even go there. But I, I just, I can't, I can't stand that team. And so to see uh, my hometown Bucks go up there and beat them and hinder their playoff chances would be uh, doubly and triply sweet, considering that it would also help the uh, the playoff chances, such as they are, for our beloved Orange Helmets. But they're not the only team that we have to be concerned about. The the Baltimore Ravens that have a a, a wild card shot here. They're currently sitting at seven and six. So and to uh, to kind of set the table right now, the Kansas City Chiefs figure to have the number one seed. They unless they stumble, you know, if they were to. Um, it, it, the way that it currently is right now, they got games left against Seattle and against the Raiders. If they were to lose one of those games and San Diego wins their two remaining games, then San Diego would get the number one seed in the playoffs. 
at 13 and 3. That's the only way that that can happen because San Diego has a worse division record than Kansas City and Kansas City um if they end up being tied both of them at 13 and 3, then that means Kansas City would be the number 1 seed and the Chargers would end up being the number 5 seed. That's just how kind of how it works in the the playoff ranking <clears throat> system. And there's good reason for it as it, as it works out. The Patriots seem to be locked into that number 2 seed spot. Uh, as they are sitting, well, actually, um, that's only if they continue winning, because the Texans, with their win tonight, they're also at ten and four. So really, uh, either of those two teams could wind up getting the uh, first round bye. I guess I just kind of assume that it's going to be the Patriots, because I also think the Patriots beat the Texans earlier this year, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Either way, uh, either the Patriots or the Texans are going to end up being uh, two and three seed. Uh, respectively. It, it, it's going to be one of those two doing... So, those are your division winners. Now, when you get into... As I say, the Chargers have got the wild cards sewn up if they don't end up winning the division outright. And, of course, if they do end up, if the Chiefs stumble and the Chargers end up winning the division and getting the number one seed overall, then that means that the Chiefs are going to end up having the number five seed and whew, that would set up a matchup with uh, them going either to Houston... Oh, that'd be a fun game. Or uh, back to uh, New England. In the meantime, if uh, this is this is by the way in the scenario where if we don't win the division and Pittsburgh wins the division, then in order for us to uh, be playing, actually no, it wouldn't. It, I, I got this all wrong. The uh, Chargers wouldn't go play. The uh, the Chargers would end up go playing the the uh, the fourth seed, and that would end up being the Steelers. That's actually kind of fun to watch that game again. In order for us to get that sixth seed to play the number three seed, which would be either the Patriots or the Texans in this scenario, and very likely scenario to play out, then we're going to need for all of the Dolphins, the Broncos, although we just helped our cause there with them, uh, because they now, with the loss, fall to uh, six and eight now. So actually, yeah, we if, if we went out, then they can't get past us. They still have a shot. But now what we need, and so actually we've eliminated a team now from our way uh, in order to make all this happen. And the other two teams that you have to be concerned about, I already mentioned the Ravens, uh, the Colts, the Titans, and the Dolphins. All of those teams would have to finish with a um, with with no more than eight wins in order for us to be able to with an eight and if they do if there is a, a case where the Colts the Titans and I think they play each other actually which doesn't help matters much here so you're gonna need one of those teams to lose two out of three and not and this is why I say I mean it's it's really very unlikely you know that all of this is going to happen this way but 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 but, but. tomorrow look at all this you know keep it going. If the Ravens lose to the Buccaneers, that's certainly going to keep us in the game. You've also got, and the Bengals are technically still in it as well, but and they play the Raiders, so they could they could win tomorrow, go to six and eight, and still be technically in it. If they beat us, then they could possibly sneak in there. If in an even more crazy scenario than the one I'm describing for us, that tie actually helps us in this in this way. Now you got the Titans playing in New York. And it does kind of look like the Giants may have a bit of a resurgence going on. Saquon's been running wild all over the place. And if he needs to get 
you know, 300 yards of total offense and seal up the Rookie of the Year award, which really should go to Baker, but I don't really mind if Baker doesn't win it because it maybe added fuel for him to get motivated for next year, then fine. That, that, that's all good with me. And the Giants uh, beating the Titans is not totally out of the realm of possibility. That's, that's kind of the, the, you know, one of the big games. We've got the Dolphins going to Minnesota. And while the Vikings have had something of a disappointing year, if we take a look over at the NFC side of things, they're sitting right now at 6-6-1. Six, six and one. And when you look at the NFC, the Cowboys are sitting pretty comfortably over there in the East. Of course, the Rams at 11-2, and two, tied with the Saints at 11-2. and two. If those two teams uh, went out, then they'll be the number one and number two teams, respectively. The Saints would have the top seed because they won head-to-head. And you've got the Bears right now with a pretty comfortable lead in the North. And so when you're looking at wild cards, the Seahawks right now uh, are ahead of everybody with eight wins. And then you've got teams like the Vikings and the Panthers who are sitting at six wins. And also the Eagles and Redskins are sitting at six wins. So all that to say that the Vikings very much still alive in the playoff hunt. A team that went to the, in fact, they probably are better positioned than most. A team that went to the NFC Championship game last year with Case Keenum at quarterback, the guy that we just beat tonight. So that's that could absolutely happen. Of course, the Dolphins coming off that miracle win against the uh, the Patriots uh, last week. If we go uh, down further, we've got the Cowboys playing at Indianapolis, and again, you know, the Cowboys are you know they're leading in their division. They're you know I, they're they're two games ahead right now, but that's not really enough to say that they're comfortably ahead. And while there's not really they don't really have much of a shot at pulling off a, uh, a a number one seed. They did beat the uh, Saints already, so, <clears throat> you know, there's there's plenty of them for to play for is the point. They're, uh, they're going to come out with everything they got, and that's a good – that could be a good matchup, and that's, again, that's, that's a potential – uh, one that uh, that could go in our favor, and then of course the uh, uh, the big one, as far as I'm concerned, is the more likely scenario is the Steelers playing the uh, Patriots, and for no other reason that I need, other than it'll just be nice to see the Patriots beat up on the Steelers. Cause I'd like to see the Steelers get beat by anyone at any time for any reason, and so those are the things that we'll be watching for tomorrow. The uh, Steelers losing to the Patriots, the Cowboys beating the Colts. The Dolphins losing to the Vikings, the Giants beating the Titans, and uh, the Buccaneers beating the Ravens. That's our that's our root list for tomorrow. And if uh, if any of that stuff happens, <laughs> I, that's as far as I'm willing to go. That really is as far as I'm willing to go with this. I think I've, I've broken down what the playoff scenarios are. Um, okay, fine. We can take a look at at. Uh, the next week, and then I'm going to bounce because it's uh, it's you know I want to I want to I want to enjoy a little bit of the, of the post game thread while it's still there. Uh, I, w- I want to uh, bask in this win a little bit because this was fun. This was really 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 this was a great this is so much fun uh, pulling this one out here tonight. As we look ahead to next week, see this is this is no good. We got uh, the Redskins playing at Tennessee. That does not bode well. They're down to the Sanchez at quarterback there. Although the Ravens, okay, the Ravens play the Chargers. That's right. And they're playing in Los Angeles, so I feel really good about that one. Of course, we have the Bengals. 
moving down the list here even more, we've got the Colts playing the Giants in Indianapolis again. So the Giants, you know, are, are kind of important to this whole thing, and they, of course, not, have not had a good year. It'd be nice to see Eli get hot all of a sudden and Saquon uh, continue running all over everybody. You got then, you know, and this is another one: the uh, the Jaguars playing at Miami. That's uh, you know there's a, that's a that doesn't bode well for our chances there the season that Jacksonville has had. And I think that Cody Kessler is still the quarterback there, so yeah, we we don't have. And now this one I do like. We have the Steelers playing at New Orleans. That's uh, that's pretty good. And then we got the, the Broncos playing the Raiders. Well, it doesn't really matter if we went out. It doesn't matter what the, the Broncos do. Moving on to the final week of the regular season, because why not? It could be that all of this is over with tomorrow, and we might as well enjoy it while it lasts. Um, the final week of the regular season, of course, we play at Baltimore. And then we did beat Baltimore, although um, we had a different coach, but then they had a different quarterback when that matchup took place. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top there, and I definitely am not sleeping on Lamar Miller and what he's done so far this year and what he has the potential to do in his uh, his young NFL career. But the final week of the regular season is going to see Miami playing at Buffalo. Who, hey, look, Buffalo can, you know, they can, they, they've, they've played hard with people this year. They could pull off that uh, that victory. But this is, again, this, when you look at who the Colts and the Titans have played the last two weeks, they play each other the final game of the year, and we need you know, both of them to lose two of their last three games doesn't bode well for us is what I'm saying here. I'm not trying to throw cold water. I'm just, I'm just trying to be real. Um, and so we move down the list here, the final week of the regular season, the, uh, the bag, I mentioned that the Bengals play in Pittsburgh and, uh, that's, that's, that's going to be important. And that basically does it at that point. Then no, uh, and you know one thing that the NFL did a couple years ago that I like is they have now all the final game of the year, the last Sunday of the season. They have like all like most of the games are at one o'clock, and then they have just like a couple of West Coast games, and they they've really simplified it. And I I just I like that. I like that they did that. I don't even think they have a Sunday night game anymore, do they? I don't see one on the schedule. Um, maybe they'll flex one in there, but. Hey, um, Browns flex their muscles tonight in many ways. End up winning a game that um, you know and I know they would just have never won uh, in the past. A, a sketchy performance by Baker Mayfield, but he, he got it together in the second half when he needed to, and he strung together enough for us to be able to pull out the win. It's a big-time win for this team. There's... Um, you know, there's ample reason to be excited about the future with uh, with with Mayfield at the helm, and I think that the drum beat may start get a little bit louder and possibly being joined in on by me. To um, let's let's see maybe what uh, what it looks like with uh, Greg Williams moving forward here as the head coach. Because look, that defensive game plan tonight um, was pretty good. I don't I don't really and I've been really upset with the way that we've gone about scheming the last couple of weeks. I didn't really see a lot of scheme problems tonight. Yes, clearly there's problems with the missed tackles, but you know um, the way that we kind of fly around and do everything that we do led to pretty decent, solid you know overall decent uh, defensive effort tonight. So, all that to say, um, you don't necessarily have to be a good coordinator in order to be a good head coach. And what's the record now? Four and two with uh, with Greg at the helm. That's that's four and two. That's pretty good, right? That's 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 nothing to sneeze at. If he finishes six and two, I think he's got to get the job. Straight up, I think if he finishes six and two, he's got to get the job. 
And I'm almost willing to say it five and three because the because this win tonight was huge. This win tonight was huge. I've already compared it to some massive ones in my uh, Browns watching life. Um, but we'll see uh, how um, how the last two games play out and whether or not. Uh, coat or uh, owner Jimmy Haslam decides to go in that direction, but I think that so far he's earned it, and uh, we'll just have to see if uh, he he's able to punch through the target and finish off the season all the way through. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. My name is Easy Weave. This is Easy Does It on Dogs by Nature, celebrating the Browns' sixth win of the 2018 campaign. I hope that you had a wonderful Saturday. I'm I definitely. I'm sure that you had a, a wonderful Saturday night, and I hope that you're having a tremendous Christmas season, and I very much look forward to uh, uh, being with you for the rest of the... we got two more games left, and uh, I'm, I'm excited as can be about those games as I was excited as I could be about this one, and I'll look forward to speaking with you uh, this uh, this week as well on Thursday as uh, maybe I have a little bit of time to uh, decompress and uh, enjoy this one a little bit more as the Browns pull it off in Denver, 17-16 to over the Denver Broncos. Until the next time we speak, take care, y'all. Good luck. God bless. Sir. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.